Amen. I hope you don't mind, but today I'm going to speak to you all from the heart. This, this subject that God has placed on my heart is a subject that is no coincidence that it has been on my heart and now it's the direction that God is taking the church. I truly believe that with all my heart, with all my mind, my soul, my spirit, that this message is fitting. It's, it's timely from God. So today, um, we're going to be reading very, very popular um, passage of scripture. We're going to be reading from the book uh, from um, the book of Acts. Sorry, I'm getting myself situated. The book of Acts, chapter two. We're going to be reading verses forty and forty-one. And I'm going to be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. <clears throat> just because I like the wording, the way it breaks it down in this version for this passage. So the book of Acts chapter 2 verses 40, and it reads, With many other words, Peter testified and strongly urged the people in Jerusalem, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized and that day, about 3,000 people were added to them. 3,000 people were added to the church because of the message Peter gave. If you can bow your heads and pray with me. Jesus, we come before you truly thanking you for this day, thanking you for the safety, the healthy. The, the, the ability ordaining this time for us to be here, to listen, to tune in, to watch in online, to those that are here in this building listening. We thank you, God, for this time. There's nothing better than your word because, because it's your word that, that, that is life to us. It is strength to our spirit. We ask, God, that you open up our minds, expand it, open up our spiritual minds, our, our, our minds to understand what it is you are trying to say. And God, give us a conviction. Your word, it will go, it will proceed. But we ask that you convict us of our hearts and, and, and put an urge into us to act on this, what you are teaching to us today. God, we ask all these things in your mighty, powerful, precious name, Jesus. Amen. Today, God wants to speak to us on the subject of tapping into the movement. Tapping into the movement. So we, we, open up the, the, we open up our study today with the book of Acts, chapter 2, a very popular scripture where Peter, he preaches a message on the day of Pentecost. And as we read it, he touched, he reached uh, 3,000 people. 3,000 people were added to the message it is a very a popular piece of passage of scripture. That's how the church was started. That's how it began. And it's awesome. I grew up hearing this uh, story and I was, it's exciting that one man, he stood up before 3,000 people or probably even more. 
He stood up before people and he preached this message. He said a lot more, but he told them to, to uh, he strongly, he testified and he strongly urged them to be saved from this corrupt generation and uh, to be baptized, to turn their life over to God. Everything. He, he said all this. But God convicted me because we get, we get so focused, we get so excited on the action of what Peter did. We get excited for, man, Peter, he said these, these simple, probably elegant words, whatever. He said this, this sermon, a very simple sermon, and people were added to the church. We get excited for that. But if we take, if we, if we go back a little bit, um, in the book of Acts chapter two, I'm going to be reading from uh, verse 22. Verse 22. So this is where Peter, he starts off his sermon. He, he's saying, fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among, among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Through he... Sorry, though he was delivered, uh, delivered up according to, according to God's determined plan and foreknew you used lawless people to nail him to the cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pain of death because it was not possible for him to be held by death. So he's preaching this message. He's saying, remember the man that you guys crucified, the man that you guys rejected, the one that walked amongst you, the ones that performed the signs, the miracles, the wonder. Remember this man, Jesus of Nazareth. He, according to God's plan, according to, to God's perfect will, he came here. He spoke amongst you. He performed these miracles. He, he did all these things. He was nailed to a cross. But death couldn't hold him. He's telling them, letting them know the mistake that you guys made for not accepting him, listening to him, and nailing him. God used lawless people. He used flawless. He used uh, um, people that were failures, people that made mistakes to make this happen. So he's getting their attention with this message. You guys know who I'm talking about. This Jesus of uh, uh, this Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And then he goes on later in verse 36. He said, therefore. Let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, this man that you killed, you crucified, you rejected. Let, let it be known that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Let it be known that he's both Lord and he's Messiah. And then he goes on to say, this is where he starts to call them to repentance. In verse 37, he says, when, when they heard this, their ears went up and they're like, man, this, this man that they were talking about, this Jesus, that we, we, he walked amongst them. I saw him. He walked in front of me. They're thinking the, these things. Just, I'm just imagining, trying to get into the minds of the audience. This is what they're thinking. Probably the hearts are starting to be pricked and convicted. And then he goes on in verse 37. Peter says, when they heard this, uh, they, they were pierced in their hearts. There you go. They were pierced in their hearts because of uh, what Peter is saying. And, and said to Peter, to the rest of the apostles, brothers, what should we do? They started, 
the 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 guilty uh, they started to feel guilty they felt convicted in their hearts for what they did peter has their attention he's preaching this message they're asking him what shall we do and then peter this is where this is where it goes this is the 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 closer this is how he brings the 3000 people in and he tells them to repent and be baptized each one of you in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy ghost for the promise is for you and your children and for all who are uh, afar off. No, who are far off. As many as the Lord God uh, will call. So he's preaching this message. 3,000 people are at it. So I'm just setting a background, just trying to get you this image of this powerful moment. This one man, this, this one man that rejected Christ. And the most important time when he should have been there, he should have had his back. He should have been at his feet. He should have been with him, helping him carry the cross. But instead, he rejected this one man. This one man reached 3,000 people. 3,000 people were added to the church. This one man. God's, God's trying to teach us, tapping into the movement. Now, how, how do we get into this? How did this one man who rejected Jesus three times as Jesus, as Jesus said it was going to happen, how did this one man hap- do this? How did he tap into this type of movement? So we look in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse, uh, verses 5. No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. So, so we're, we're getting, we're, uh, hopefully you guys are understanding this one man who made all these mistakes, who was, who was, uh, rejected Christ in the most important time should have had his back. How did God get him to this place to, to, to be able to preach, to be able to speak this message? And what God was showing me and is trying to, to, con- uh, the message he's trying to convey to us is prayer. Prayer. A lot of us get excited for the message that Peter gave. He, he, um, he was um, preaching this message that, that reached 3,000 people. And, and we try to study it. I know I, I've personally, I've talked to a couple other people and try to analyze how, how did he do it? What's the formula of a great sermon to reach people? God is saying prayer. And then we go back. Um, it, it, here we go. Sorry. <clears throat> so, prayer. God is saying prayer. Everybody, everybody get get. Everybody gets excited for the game. Everybody gets excited to go play, be on the field, be on the court, to participate in the game. But very few people they want to show up for practice. Very few people want to show for practice. They're, they're quick to participate in, in, in game time when it comes time for game. But very few people want to participate when it comes to the prep for the, the meal plans, the drills, the run through, all that stuff. I remember when I was in high school, I wrestled and there was people, instead of eating the right foods, they decided to go to Burger King that was right next door to our high school, and then they would, they would throw on uh, three hoodies, a long sleeve, shorts, sweat, pants, and then they would spit in water bottles and they would suffer. And then when it came time for their match, it would, they did not perform like they should have because they didn't put in the right preparation. 
Some people, they didn't even do well in their matches because they didn't even show for practice because they, they said they were sick, but they were just hanging out with friends. And it's the same way. We, we, try to, we try to step into this movement. We try to come with some messages, some elegant words. We try to do all these things, but we haven't even showed up for practice. We haven't even prayed. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I'm going to go to the book of... Um, okay, so we're going to go to the book of... Acts, sorry, yeah, we're already there. Acts chapter 1, verses uh, 5. So this right here, this is something that, that God was showing me, is a perfect example of people who, who want to show up for the game time, who want to show up for all these, for, for the, when, when it matters, I guess you would say. Um, sorry, I, I'm... I, messed up my notes okay so here we go so yes the book of acts chapter 1 verses 5 so jesus is talking to the apostles he's saying for john baptized with water but uh, this is after jesus he came he was crucified he ascended now he came back and he's talking with the with the disciples and uh he's telling them for john baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. He's letting them know the prophecies are, are coming to pass. You're going to be baptized um, with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So then, uh, so after he, before uh, verse 5, he starts talking about all these powerful heavenly things. And then now you get to verse 6 where the apostles, they just, they're the apostles. <laughs> and, and, and it says, so when they had, um, when they had come together, they asked him, asking Jesus, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel at this time? Jesus was just talking about how um, he was just talking about heavenly things in the verses before. And now they're talking about, um, are, are you going to take care of the earth? Are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And they were so caught up and they're trying to, they were eager people to, to, to be quick. You can tell like uh, with Peter. When he got the sword, he, he cut the ear off. He's so quick and eager to do things, but they, 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 for, they forget the prep time. <clears throat> and then uh, later, later in, uh, where is it? Okay, so at that moment, they weren't getting it. But after Jesus, he told them, he pricked their heart and told them, this is, this is not, I, I hope, I hope I'm, I'm not coming across as I'm adding to the scripture or anything. This is just my imagination. This is me trying to kind of imagine the moment. So after that moment that Jesus had with the apostles, it, I, I was imagining Jesus pretty much corrected them like, hey, guys, like, quit talking about earthly things. There's something much greater, something bigger that's about to happen. So then finally it starts to click to them. They understand because of things that happened in the past, in the past experience. And then we see the prayer is starting to, to resonate in them. It's starting to, to make sense. It's starting to, uh, their understanding in the book of Acts chapter 1 verses 13. It says, when they, uh, when they went into the upper room, 
<clears throat> where they were staying, Peter, John, um, James, <clears throat> excuse me, Andrew, Philip, <clears throat> and it just starts naming the rest of the apostles. In verse 14, it says, they, they were all continually united in prayer, along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. So, so they finally got it after Jesus told them, corrected them at that moment in, in verse 5. So they finally got it, and they gathered all the apostles, they gathered all the people, and they said, all right, in a few days, Jesus told us that we're going to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. We saw the signs, we saw the miracles, we saw the wonders we, when he was walking with us. We saw him be crucified. We saw all of this happen. And now we saw him be crucified, we saw him come back. We saw the nails, the holes where the nails were in his hands. He spoke to us. This, this is serious business. This is serious what... Uh, what Jesus is talking about in a few days we're going to be baptized so we got to gather everybody we got to go and we got to pray I don't know how long we're going to have to pray but we got to get it get everybody we got to go and pray so it said that they were united and they went and they prayed and then verse 15 it says in those days Peter he stood up amongst his brothers and sisters a number of people who were together uh, who were about 120 so 120 people were together 120 people decided to dedicate themselves to prayer. The 120 people decided to dedicate themselves to practice the preparation where it matters most. <clears throat> so, so God is, I, I hope uh, this is starting to make sense. God is showing us that this one man, Peter, who rejected Jesus three times like he said he would, this one man who was uh, not there by Jesus' side when he should have been or could have been. This one man spoke a message that reached 3,000 people. 3,000 people were added to the church. They received the Holy Ghost. This one man, because they finally understood, it is not by our works. It is not by our, our fake it till you make it. It is not by showing up to the game without preparation. We need to show up for prayer. So in this time of prayer is where, where God started to work in Peter. <clears throat> and as you can see, Jesus, he exemplified that. He, he showed us that there is an order to all of this. We don't just show up and we, we don't just hoping that we have the power, hoping that we can do the signs, hoping that we can do the miracles, hoping that we can do the wonders, and we can just lay hands on people and people might come and we just hope, live off of hope. Hope is good. Hope is good. Paul talks about faith, hope, and love. How those three things are good. The greatest is love, but hope falls along in those three things. But we shouldn't just rely on hope. It's in prayer. In prayer where Peter, he finally understood this whole time Jesus was talking about heavenly things. And we're over here asking about, are you going to restore Israel? He finally understood Jesus is talking about something greater, so we need to get everybody. We need to go into the upper room. We need to go into this place together, united together. Not just five people over here praying, a couple people dozing off, a couple people not paying attention, a couple people staring into space, a couple people falling asleep, a couple people complaining and thinking about food because they're hungry. No, all of us together in one mind, in one agenda, one heart, one soul, focusing on prayer. What is it, God, that you were talking about? You're saying it, but reveal it to us. Just like Jesus said to Peter, 
flesh and blood did not reveal to you that I am God, that I'm the Messiah, but it was God. So through the prayer that these 120 people were dedicating themselves to, they were going to receive what Jesus was talking about. Through the prayer, Jesus exemplifies that there's an order. Prayer is number one in everything. Prayer. So the order Jesus exemplified, if you look at everything Jesus did, it was always start off with prayer. You look at his, uh, his, his time of fasting. He went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and he fasted, he prayed. That's the first moment we saw where Jesus, he, he prayed. And after the prayer, he was led into prayer by the Holy Spirit. It says it in there. He was led into prayer by the Holy Spirit. And, and then after he came out of that time, that season of prayer that God, the Holy Spirit directed him into, then he received the power. He walked. He walked with power because of prayer. And after he, he walked with power, he was walking with the power. Then he reached the people. He started to get his disciples. He started to preach his sermons. He started to, to reach the people through his, uh, through the power. Then he went to the people and then he performed the miracles. You see that pattern that Jesus exemplified. There was a prayer. After the prayer, he received the power. After the power, people were touched. After people were touched, then the miracles, the signs, the wonders were, were uh, displayed. <clears throat> It's through that order that Jesus showed us we need to pray. Prayer is essential. Just like our car needs gas to be able to drive, we need prayer to be able to keep driving every single day in this world. Because this is not our home. We don't live here. We don't, we're, we're, we're here, we're here, we're, but we're, we're not residents. We're, we're foreigners. This is not our home. Heaven is our home. But while we're here, we need that connection to God. And that only comes through prayer. <clears throat> so it's awesome that they got it. They got it at this time in the book of Acts, which helped lead Peter to get to this point. But let's rewind a little further. We read earlier, about, earlier in this chapter, um, verse 5, where it starts to talk about uh, Peter. Um, I mean, the apostles were asking about the kingdom of Israel being restored. But if we go back, you can see that this habit, this behavior, it was, it was long before. <clears throat> so we're going to go to the book, of, um, the book of Matthew, chapter 17. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version in this portion of Scripture. Book of uh, Matthew, chapter 17, verses 21. So at this, at this time, there was uh, someone that, there was a, a boy that needed, that, was, um, that needed healing. It said that he had, um, where is it? At? He suffered with, he was epileptic. He suffered uh, severely. He, at times, he would throw himself into fire. He would throw himself into water. He, he, was, he was suffering. And this, the, the dad of this boy, he came to the apostles asking them to heal him, and they couldn't. And then finally, Jesus had to step in, and he had to take care of it. He called them um, a faithless generation. He called them a faithless, perver perverted generation. And then we go into verse 21. And then after Jesus healed him, he talked about this, um, the, 
Uh, he talked about faith, the size of a mustard seed. And then in verse 21, this is where Jesus says, however, this kind does not go out except through, except by prayer and fasting. What I just did, what you guys just saw me do, you apostles, you disciples that tried to uh, imitate what I did, what I do, you can't do it. You couldn't do it because your lack of prayer. He's calling them out. He calls them a faithless generation. Their faith was small. They lacked faith because the lack of prayer. Prayer brings the faith. Prayer brings the power. And so he's telling them this kind of power, this kind of faith of me healing this boy only came through my dedicated prayer, through my dedicated fasting. And it's not like the type of prayer and fasting where you're showing off. Every time Jesus prayed, he always went alone. He went to himself. He, he was by himself. It was just him and God. Him and God. Amen. And then we'll see later in uh, Matthew 26, just like what I was talking about, Jesus always prayed by himself. So Matthew 26 <clears throat> starting with verse uh, 36. So Jesus, this is the time where Jesus, he's about to be crucified. He knows it's coming. He knows uh, Judas is on his way to betray him. And he's feeling it. His spirit is heavy. So he, he goes, he gets his disciples, his close disciples, and he tells them, he tells them, come with me. We're going to go to the spot. You stay here and you guys pray. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to pray. So Jesus showed them, hey, let's pray. But at the same time, this was an important time, a moment where he needed to be alone with God, where it was him and God. So he goes and he prays. And then in verse 36, Jesus, it says, then Jesus came to them, the apostles, and he called, <clears throat> excuse me, then he came with them. Excuse me. It says, then Jesus came with them to a place called um, Gethsemane, and he said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. Sit here. You guys stay here, and I need your help praying. Oh, I need your help to pray while I go and pray. And then he uh, later on, uh, okay, so he took his disciples, and he said, uh, then... Then he said to him, Jesus, my soul is exceedingly sorrow, even unto death. Stay here and watch with me. Watch with me. Pray with me. You pray. Stay here. And I'm going to go over here. And he, Jesus is having his time, his alone time. And he's praying him and God. And, and it's just it, like he said, it's exceedingly, it's exceeding, his soul is exceedingly sorrowful. And then. Uh, verse 40, Jesus is going back. Um, sorry, I'll read verse 39. So verse 38, it says, Then he came to them, and my soul is exceeding, exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here, watch, and pray. Sorry, watch with me. And then verse 38, it says, uh, He went a little far, fell to his face, and praying, saying, O God, Father, is it possible? Let this cup pass from me, nevertheless. Um, not as my will, but yours be done. So he's praying, and then he goes back, and it says, then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said, Peter, what? Could you not watch with me for an hour? Just one hour? 
Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit, <clears throat> the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He said, I need your help. <laughs> I just told you, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. I need your help to watch and to pray with me. Because something's about to happen. You don't know. Something's coming. And I need your spirit to be ready. I need your prayers right now. But you need to pray. I need to pray. So we see that example. Jesus is away. He's praying alone. And then Jesus is correcting the disciples because these guys, they just, this is exactly why they couldn't heal that, that, that boy who had epilepsy. Because, uh, because their lack of prayer. If, if they, if they were prayers, just like Jesus at this time, they would be up five hours praying with him. They wouldn't fall asleep after an hour. Jesus came and told them, like, I told you, could you not watch just for an hour? Could you not watch me with me for an hour? Could you not watch and pray just for an hour? So you see that this is a, a, a behavior that they had from the time that Jesus called them into the discipleship up until he, uh, until he went back into heaven until they went into the upper room is when Peter finally got it correct. He was correcting them for their lack of prayer. And then in uh, verse uh, 43, uh, he tells him, no, it's, it says, and he came and he found it. So Jesus went back after he corrected them and he said, just watch and pray with me for an hour. Just that's, that's all you have to just pray because your spirit is, is, is willing, but your flesh is weak, but, and temptation is going to come, but you need to pray. So then in verse 42, he, he goes, after he goes back to, Jesus goes back to pray, then he comes back and he finds, it says, and he came back and he found the disciples sleeping again. For their eyes were heavy. They fell asleep again. Their eyes were heavy. If you're deep into prayer, if your spirit is connected with God, I mean truly connected with God, there is no such thing as time. If we look at the account of Moses in the mountain with God, he was up there for 40 days and 40 nights. It does not say that he ate, does not say he drank, and I'm pretty sure he was not hungry. I'm pretty sure he was not thirsty. I'm pretty sure he was not sleepy. Because when your, your spirit is connected with God, with the Holy Spirit, when those two are connected, there is no such thing as time. There's no such thing as hunger, as weary, you're not sleepy. None of that exists. You're just tapped into another level. You're deeply connected with God. And for them, their eyes to be heavy, again, we're seeing that these people did not have it down. Jesus had to correct them. And then verse 45, this is where Jesus corrects him again. And he says that he came to the disciples and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is being uh, betrayed into the hands of sinners. Like how else can I tell you? First I was telling you that, that you temptation is there. Your spirit is willing to fight against the temptation, but your flesh is weak and will fall into it. So I, I'm not, I'm trying, Peter, no, Jesus is telling the disciples, pray for yourselves. Pray for yourselves. They didn't get that. Now he's telling them, all right, now you're not understanding the importance of prayer for yourselves. I am being betrayed. 
The person I told you is going to betray me. He's on his way right now. And I'm about to be betrayed. And you guys can't even sit here and pray with me. He's correcting them because of their lack of prayer. <clears throat> so so we, we see, we took, I just wanted to take you guys back to kind of see where Peter came from. The disciples, they came from, they came from this place of, in the, in the beginning of chapter 17 of uh, Matthew, we saw how they could not cast out. And Peter had, and Jesus had to tell the apostles that you couldn't do it because this only comes through prayer and fasting, through prayer and fasting. And later on, at this moment, when Jesus is about to be crucified in verse 26 of the book of Matthew, he's telling them how important prayer is. You need prayer because you're going to be tempted at times. And, and Jesus is showing, <clears throat> Jesus is tell, showing us and telling them that I need your prayers right now. And the fact that you guys are not praying for me, it shows one, a lack of prayer, a lack of care for your brother and sister in Christ. It, it just, it just shows a lot. It was not that important. The apostles, the, the Bible doesn't say this, but my imagination is going all over the place and just thinking like, they're probably like, okay, where's the next demon that we can cast out? Where's the next uh, spirit we can, we, can, uh, we, we can battle against? Where's the next person that we can uh, lift up and heal? Where's the next person that we can do this, that, and the other? They're just looking for the game. They're not looking for the practice. So they, they were, that was their behavior, and it took Jesus to go back into heaven after talking, he ascended, and then he went back into heaven. And for them to finally get it, this whole time that we walk with Jesus for three and a half years that we walked with him, <coughs> excuse me, in his ministry, this is what he's talking about. This is what he's talking about. And then we see it in the book of Acts, uh, chapter, chapter 2. This is where he's, this is where we saw. And... Okay, so in the book of Acts, chapter 2, if we can turn to that right now. So I just want to point out a couple of things. So we, we see that this one man who denied Christ three times was used powerfully, was able to reach 3,000 people. But this only came through prayer because of this learning moment that they went through where they walk with Jesus, couldn't get the concept of prayer. And finally, through revelation, they understood and they united in prayer. They united into the upper room. And then we see in the book of Acts chapter 2, I'm going to, read, I'm going to be read from verse, starting at verse 1. And it says, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they, came, they all came together into one place and suddenly so they were praying they were in one mind one agreement, one agenda one spirit they wanted what jesus was talking about the holy spirit to come down whatever else god willed they were there for they were there for whatever god had to say and do so they were there together in one place suddenly like a sound that came uh sorry suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw, 
Uh, they saw tongues like flames of fire separating and, <clears throat> and rested on each of them. In verse 4, it says, Then they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues, and the Spirit enabled them. It's a, that, I want you guys to focus on that. Put that in your mind. Enable them the, as the Spirit enabled them. So they were in the upper room. They were in agreement in one mind together, united in prayer. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit came down like fire. Different tongues came on them as the Spirit enabled them <clears throat> to speak in different tongues. Now, verse 5, they were, uh, there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devouted people from every nation under heaven, every nation Jews, devouted Jews were there. When, they, uh, when this sound occurred, a crowd came together and they were confused because each one of them heard them speaking in their own language. They were astonished and amazed, saying, Look, aren't they all these, aren't all of them um, who are speaking gent- uh, Galileans? Aren't they all Galileans? Like, they're one group of people. How are they speaking like all of our languages if they're from this one region, Galilean? How is it that each of them, how is it that each of us can hear them speaking in our own negative language? So that's something I want to point out is the Holy Spirit enables you when you're united, when you're devoted, when you're genuine in prayer. That's when you begin to tap into the movement. The Holy Spirit will enable you to say things, to say certain things that will get the curiosity of other people, that will prick the hearts, that will, that will um, pierce the hearts of people for them to understand in their own language, whether it be a, a different foreign language or just a way you're conveying something that just it, it reaches into their language the way they're understanding and then we're going to jump down to verse 11. It says, um, the, the Cretans and Arabs, when they heard them declaring the magnificent acts of God in their own tongues, they were all astonished. And they were perplexed. And saying to one another, what does this mean? So see, the Holy Spirit enabled the people that were dedicated in prayer to say certain things that caught the attention of certain people and got them to question what is going on. So that is when, in verse 14, that's when uh, Peter, he stood up with the eleven, arised with his voice, and he proclaimed to them, Fellow Jews and all residents of Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And pay attention to my words. So he's doing his best to get their attention. All of you, pay attention. Listen up. For these people are not drunk like you say or you suppose. Since it's only uh, uh, the King James Version says, I believe the third hour. But my, the Christian Standard Bible Version says it's only nine in the morning. It's only morning time. How the... We don't drink at this hour. This is not according to our custom. On on the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. 
And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit onto all people. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and uh, your young men will see visions, and the old men will dream dreams. I will pour out my spirit on, on my servants to those, both men and women, and they will prophesy. I will display wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth and below. So he's, he's letting them know, reminding them, like, this is what you have studied as Jews. This is what is coming to pass. So as I come to a close, Jesus, God is talking to us today about tapping into a movement, tapping into the movement. We, were, we had our last uh, Sunday, we had a park service. It was awesome. To see the body of Christ come together for, after so long because of this, this whole virus situation. To see people smiling, laughing, grilling together, eating together, fellowshipping. Just to socialize. It was awesome to see the body of Christ. Kids playing with other kids that hasn't been seen in a while or done in a while. Adults be able to play on the basketball court. That was so awesome to just see everything going back to normal, the fellowship. But the more awesome, beautiful, powerful thing was to see people coming, asking for food boxes. And that, that was a moment that the Holy Spirit enabled us, enabled us to be able to receive a, a gift as food boxes to be able to speak their language, their need. People came and asked us. Some people were just taking the boxes. Okay, it's a free meal. Some people were asking, who are you guys? What are you about? Where are you? What do you believe in? Okay, awesome. I'm dealing with this, this, and this. I've heard pe- I was hearing people telling their stories. We be- The Holy Spirit enabled us through prayer, through prayer, uh, uh, our own personal prayer through prayer here in service before service through our Friday night prayers as as we're coming together we're dedicating ourselves uh, in prayer devoting ourselves God is calling us deeper into prayer what we've been doing is good but good is not enough we've been called into excellency Christ has called us to do greater than he has done And how can we do greater if we're just doing good? So we need to tap. God is calling us to tap into the movement. It's going to happen regardless if we're on board or not. I believe the Bible says that there was about 500. uh, My my memory's going a little blank right now, but I don't know. I believe it was 500 that were supposed to go into the upper room or 300. And only 120 went. So the movement's going to happen regardless if you choose to be there or not. But God is calling those that desire to be tapped into the movement, into prayer in a deeper way. And, and when we're in our prayer closets at home, let's not, let's not just sit there and just say the repetitive things that we say. Let's not... Just sit there and watch our, 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 our watches and the time go down and, all right, I put in my 15, 30 minutes, an hour of prayer. Let's not sit there and just let our minds wonder. 
And the same thing when we're in here. Let's come into here on time for prayer because it's not just me saying this because of whatever reason, but I'm saying this as, as to encourage you, to urge you, because there is a movement that's, that's beginning to happen. It's been happening, but something bigger is happening. But it's only going to happen when we show up early for service, when we show up for Friday night prayers. And not just see it as, okay, it's fellowship time. Let's, let's kill an hour and then hang out after. But let's come excited for the prayer. Because it is through prayer that we're going to receive the power. And then when we receive the power, we can touch the people. When we touch the people, the miracles, the signs, and the wonders will begin to happen. Our homes will be changed. The community will be changed. Our neighborhoods will be changed. The state will be changed. It's through prayer. God is calling us to a deeper level of prayer. And if you don't know how to pray... There is your prayer. Spend your time. I promise you, I've heard countless stories of people who don't know about God or who don't know how to pray. And they just ask God, show me, teach me, reveal to me. And your mind will be blown. God will show you. There's something deeper that God is trying to take us. There's a deeper level that God is trying to take us to. But it will not come if we're only showing up for the game. If we're showing up five minutes into the game. You may come in uniform, but coach is not going to play you. God is not going to use you. It is only through prayer that the Holy Spirit is going to enable you in where to go, how to go, what to say, what to do. The Holy Spirit, the way I see it sometimes, it's almost like your GPS on your phone. You type in the directions and it'll tell you when to go left, when to go right, how far to keep going. God is calling us to a deeper level of prayer. I pray that this this convicted you into prayer, a deeper type of prayer, kind of prayer. Because there's a movement that God wants us to be a part of. And it's going to only happen through prayer. I leave you with this one last thing. I'm reminded of a story in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 3. It's verses 1 through 8. I'm not going to read it all, but the book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Peter and John, they're on their way to go pray. On their way to go pray. When I read that, that was the first thing that stood out to me. On their way to prayer. And then you see a couple verses later. Through that time of of dedicating themselves, they could have said, you know what, I'll skip prayer today. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. But because they were devoted and dedicated to prayer... You'll see in the book of Acts chapter 1, or sorry, book of Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, you'll see because of their dedication and devotion to prayer, Peter and John were able to witness to someone who was lame. They couldn't walk. They had no strength. They had no ability to move. But because of their devotion, their dedication to prayer, the Holy Spirit 
arranged that moment for that for Peter and John to meet with that man. And Peter said, I don't have no money to give you. I know you're out here begging. I know you're asking people, this is, this is your job. This is what you do daily. But I have nothing. Look at my pockets are empty. But what I have is much greater than the silver and gold that you're looking for. What I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise. He grabbed him by his hand. This man who could not walk his whole life immediately the bible says immediately he began to grow strength in his ankles his feet and his legs and he walked and he jumped and he ran into the temple and he began to rejoice and praise god because of dedicate because of the dedication peter and john had the holy spirit directed them to that moment to that time to pray and to reach that individual and now that individual was added to the church was added to the body of Christ. So church, I hope you're beginning to, to, to see what God is trying to say. How important prayer is. We can't just show up to the game expecting to play and expect, expect to play well. We're not. We need to tap into the movement through prayer. Prayer, power, people, miracles. Amen, church.